Awaken Beauties, finally, it's here. The truth to empower women to true inner beauty through a healthy mind and inner biology. I am your hostess, Cassandra Keel, a 20-year salon owner, organic beauty product formulator, positive mind management, and clinical hypnotherapist. And I am here to help you stay sane, get sleep, and bring your sexy back. Sponsored by evokebeauty.com. E-V-O-Q-Beauty.com. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to the Awaken Beauty Podcast. Cassandra here and welcome to the month of October. If you're listening to this later, month of October is Beautiful ADHD Awareness Month. Now, I have not shared this total story in full, so I'm just going to pop right into the story of my experience with ADHD in which I masked most of my life. And when I hopped into this new social audio app called Clubhouse, I started to get into rooms with entrepreneurs that also had ADHD. And they shared their experiences. And then we had different experts coming in and even experts that I brought into Clubhouse talking about the brain, how the cerebellum works, and the number of individuals that go undiagnosed with ADHD. Now, on the inverse of that, there may be quite possibly an overdiagnosis of ADHD. But to the point of Clubhouse, TikTok, Instagram, and the visibility of stories, so many individuals are getting access to information about the nuances of ADHD and the fact that there is a wide, wide spectrum. So I wanted to just tap into this month of October in celebrating ADHD awareness, but then to also start bringing more awareness into my community, especially as an overachieving woman that spent her whole life just nailed into a career as a serial entrepreneur. Now, my ADHD is definitely a reason why I was able to um, create multiple salons, have multiple different businesses, and love them all. Because let me tell you, my friends, individuals with ADHD, they hyper-focus on the things that they want to hyper-focus on. All you mothers know what I'm talking about. So this conversation really is to just dip the toe into reframing ADHD. I've mentioned many times that we have four, four times women, adult women and adults being diagnosed with ADHD than we do children. And this silent epidemic of women that were just overachievers where the boys in our demographic, right, um, 40 and plus, were oftentimes diagnosed, but women got left kind of in the dust, undiagnosed and just pushed harder and, you know, live a life with, unfortunately, a lot of underlying shame and um, regret as they get older and, you know, realize this later in life and, and missed out on so much support they could have had earlier. So this brings me this passion to really start to do the integration work with functional medicine, with hypnotherapy, cleaning up the trauma, as well as doing somatic work so we can 
can really start to um, connect the mind and the body and the regulation to really live a full functioning life for those that are a little bit more interested in a little bit more of a holistic approach. So I wanted to just bring into the conversation. I hopped into this group with adult ADHDers in a social media framework. It starts with an F and it ends with a book. Um, and I was very sad to see so many of these um, individuals talking about this deficit that they had and the medications that that's the medication is really the only answer to their problem. Now the pathology paradigm really pushes the pharmaceutical company and it has worked for many individuals. Many individuals with ADHD say that when they find the right medication, and I am not anti-medication, that they feel like they put their glasses on for the first time and they can see fully, they can see clearly. And, you know, we have created a class of demoralized people who feel unworthy and damaged and useless unless they're drugged. Now, some individuals also find other solutions through nutraceuticals and getting genetic tests and really figuring out how they can support their neurotransmitters system, their gut brain dysbiosis through other healing modalities. Now that's near or far. That's really not the conversation today, but I really wanted to really tap into the disadvantage when it comes to the way that we are supposed to interact, study and work in the society at this given time in history. Now the label in and of itself, ADHD, and or ADH disorder assumes that ADHD is a result of a dysfunctional brain, which is entirely not true. There is no proof of this. And since function and dysfunction depends on the context, in some contexts, ADHD people perform better than neurotypical people, to be honest with you. So when the ADHD individual is given the freedom to make their own education and life, that person usually does incredibly well. And if we look at the industrial age, right, where schools, you were told to shut up and sit down and listen for like an hour and a half in this brain, I cannot do that for an hour and a half and stay focused. Um, and so, you know, just the reinvention of our education system and now starting to take um, more inventory of how we can change our internal education system beyond a 504 plan is really, really important. And, you know, the research really isn't clear. Some have concluded that people with ADHD tend to have a higher than average overall intelligence. Oftentimes, lower scores can be attributed to just the lack of focus or super long-winded IQ tests and inherent biases against ADHD individuals in testing itself. Now, I've done an episode further back. You can go back and tap into that about the hunter and gather tribes. And, you know, we are those commonly associated with the genes that performed what we call the Edison gene or the Einstein gene. And we're natural hunter and gatherers that were forced into boring life like farmers because they know timing and they're patient and they wait for their crop where we are not a deficit at all. 
We do not have a deficit at all. We just are quick to jump into things that we passionately love. So education and workspaces are that traditional nine to five in which we have here in America. And it's a hyper work life state where we are not conducible in a nine to five state. We are misfits. We are not unfit. So there is a convincing body of research out there suggesting that parental judgment stigma and other forms of ableism contribute significantly to negative ADHD outcomes. And this is a projection that I'm really here to blow up. Now, parents who see ADHD in a positive light tend to have better functioning ADHD children. And this is actually a study done back in 2011. So I really want us to just remember that it's, it's really the human trait that is deeply, deeply contextual. And it really is a hurting situation when we are judging ourselves, what we're able to do, and the stigma that is quite old that really doesn't really hold up to the bar anymore. But I also want to say that ADHD is not a superpower, in my opinion. There are serious, um, there are serious health implications. Dr. Barkley states that individuals with ADHD because of the comorbidities, anxiety, depression, addictions, et cetera, um, it, it is a deficit to the point where I will say that the deficit is that it will shave 12 years off of your life if it's not managed. The addictions, one in four will attempt a suicide versus one in 32 to a neurotypical. I'm just running these stats off the top of my head. Um, but these are very serious conditions. But on the other side of that, if we celebrate our brains and our passions, we do not have a processing deficit. We find meaning and beauty in everything, meaning we don't screen out what others may, because we are this like honestly, hopeless, romantic, open to experiences. And we're highly creative. Now, highly creative may be somebody that really loves numbers and a highly creative may be somebody like me that has an organic beauty salon and a product line and um, loves visual design, right? So we pay attention to what others don't. And therefore we make the connections that others sometimes don't as well. That's why we are game changers in the entrepreneurial world. And with that said, we just process differently, but it's not incorrectly. Now, the next piece is that we're not impulsive, actually. We are experimental. And when I think back to really interesting decisions, now, using the language that I choose is interesting decisions, not poor decisions, that I felt that I wanted to experiment with my money whether that be Bitcoin, whether that be in an investment in um, hydrogen water. I'm really passionate about new innovation. So experimentally, I jumped into things and that's taking risk. But we do not fit in with the boring world of rules and regulations that inhibit our natural creativity and our freedom to express those decisions. So if we're really allowed to express ourselves naturally, we are great problem solvers. We are absolutely great uniters. We're movers, we're shakers, we're misfits. And oftentimes we're very highly uh, intuitive and our energetic 
space, like our, our spideys, our energy is super, super visceral, like bright lights, little intense, loud noises can be a little intense because we're very, very, very hyper aware due to the frequency in our brain states, which is super, super interesting. And I'll talk more about that in another time. And the next piece is that we're very, very attentive. We are not inattentive. We are attentive to everything, right? So going back to, we don't have a deficit. This is a sensitivity that when harness makes us interpersonally adept and aware, we're very tuned into others. We make great artists. We are very hyper-connected and it actually keeps us connected even when our conscious mind is elsewhere. So we're very, very energetically attuned and we can have so many things coming into our brain that we are attentive to, meaning we are not inattentive. So I just wanted to clear that one up. Now, next, we are actually not irresponsible. We're actually really playful. And if we're allowed to play, we will get amazing things done. But if we are shamed for being us, we will shut down and we just won't perform. And, you know, the time, no time is definitely true. I tend to be late for a lot of things. Um, but, you know, it's kind of that syndrome of I just want to get one more thing done. So it's not necessarily that we're irresponsible. We just have to be a little bit more mindful of the things that we are so passionately uh, ingrained in process of being uh, trying to get that last thing done or reading the book and you don't want to put it down. So it's not necessarily that we're irresponsible, but we're just really hyper attuned and we need to kind of pull ourselves up out of the gulag sometimes when we get really, really impassioned. Now, the next piece is about that we're too sensitive. Now, I know I just said that we're very hypersensitive, and I know there's a lot of discussion around RSD. Now, I have my own thoughts about RSD, which is rejection sensitivity disorder, which is basically somebody makes you feel bad or you think somebody is thinking something about you, and you immediately go into a shame attack. You feel really bad about yourself, but it's not just feeling really bad about yourself, like tip that up maybe 10 notches and then 20 more and then 40 more. And we go into complete shutdown. So I, I'm, I'm sensitive around RSD because with my background in hypnotherapy, somatic and trauma therapy, and this can oftentimes be linked to past holographic memories in the body that you may not be, and, or I may not be aware of. Right. But I will say that we are very compassionate we are very, very intense. We are very artistic. We are very passionate. We're very loving. We're very affectionate in injustice, and we're extremely caring individuals. So if we say we're too sensitive, maybe, but I would rather align with what I know about the truth of who I am and my heart is compassionate it's artistic, it's loving, and it's affectionate for injustice. And I'm extremely caring. And that is much more positive than saying that I'm just too sensitive. So keep that in mind, especially with those wee little ones and those children. I did a episode back about hypersensitivity and why children and why individuals with neurodiverse 
neurodiversity are just super hypersensitive. And this is because we feel so strongly. So closing it out, we are not reactive. We're actually very responsible. We're very, very responsive. And if we react badly, it's because something negative actually happened. And so again, going back into that holographic um, uh, reaction, uh, we're just really intense. And because others are intensive, it really doesn't really make us wrong, right? And how we respond. So I just ask of individuals to be aware that when we're reactive, we may just be responsive to a linked memory in the subconscious mind from our history, um, a stress response in the autonomic nervous system that just goes off on a glitch. And that is a responsive behavior. And so I often talk about it, but being responsive is being able to self-regulate and our executive function needs to come back on board. And so if we can really learn to pause, right, to take a deep breath, really understand the circumstance, do that inventory, take a deep breath, open up the vagus nerve and really become responsive in a more healthy way, then that's great. Right. So I just want to kind of change the language on this short episode on irresponsible to playful, too sensitive to being highly compassionate, reactive to being responsive in the body knows from an attached emotion from a past memory. Right. So feel free to just explore here and be creative and add your own thoughts on this short podcast as we open up this beautiful month around reframing and really understanding the beauty um, around ADHD and also um, the the downsides if if it's not really uh, addressed. So with that said, um, you know, all my love, all my light. I hope that shedded a little bit of compassion for all of you ADHD or out there or mothers that have ADHD children. It's a beautiful thing when our brain is tapped into the passions and things that we love. So with that said, all of my love, all my light, and we'll see you on the next episode. Well, hello, Awaken Beauty. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Were you inspired? please leave a comment or your own personal aha moment so others can capture exactly what you did. Also, please like and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you're interested in high quality natural products for your hair, skin, and wellness, including organic CBD, please visit evokebeauty.com. Again, that is evokebeauty.com, evokebeauty.com. And until next time, darling, stay sane, get sleep and bring your sexy back.